the iHeartRadio. If you don't have that yet, make sure you download it. Joined every morning by the Able Body. Match off of a holiday weekend, buddy. How are you? Ah, uh, dude. I uh, what am I going to complain about right now? That was a glorious Fourth of July weekend. I got to tell you, I uh, I'm one of these guys. Like day in and day out, I'm like. Oh my god! I just want to go home. And then, honestly, you give me four days off though, and I'm like, oh my god! Just let me back at work already. I feel like four days is actually a really good amount of time where I don't feel necessarily like, like it's all you know, like you take a week off and you're like, damn, dude, I haven't been here in forever because you throw two weekends right. on it. And four days, I feel like is just enough time to like unplug, recharge, kind of like. And now right. let me right back at it. Right, I right, agree. Right, right, yeah. Right. That's how I felt this morning when I woke up. I actually woke up early, and I was like, oh, God, you know what? And now part of this is we have a job that we like. But yeah. I was like, you know what? Let me go back to work. I'm totally ready. So what did you do all weekend? Um, I mean, I felt like it was everything that you wanted out of the 4th of July nice. weekend there. I, uh, I, I, I Wieners got, and fireworks. Got America taken care of in that business. And and I guess we'll start with wieners. Um, dude, did you watch the uh, did you watch the, the hot dog eating contest yesterday? No. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know people get all caught up in that, but you know the kid's going to win. And honestly, it's a little, I don't know. That's not totally for me. It's disgusting. It's absolutely vile. And like, I, mean, I, I was trying not to say that, but yeah, it is kind of ne- nearly vomit inducing to watch, but I can't like turn away from it. It's one of those things every year I watch it. And like uh, this year was no disappointment. You're, I mean, it was 72 hot dogs. Yeah, right. 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Okay. You <laughs> see now that's the part, 72 see, hot dogs. that's the part to me that's impressive. Is not not oh. not how many he ate. It's the time in which he did it. And I almost tweeted this the other night because I had a very similar thing happen over the weekend. And my thing was is I'm no longer alarmed when I eat the entire pizza when it comes to the house. But when I ate an entire large pizza the other night and I realized how fast I had done it, I was like, oh, jeez, oh god. Well, yeah, and I honestly I felt terrible about myself. Yeah, I mean the pizza's gonna get eaten. You know what I mean? Right. Like, of course I've eaten seventy two hot dogs. There's no question <laughs> about that. But that's over a, a, a you know extended amount of time. So Joey Chestnut making America proud. Now, did he, he ate the buns too? Of right? Of course, of course. You can't not. You have to. You've got to eat don't hot dogs like, and buns. Don't they dip them in water? And he he's a shover. He's like he'll take the two wieners and and put them in his mouth and then like a chunk and like shove them down his gullet and then as he's girls dipping from those, Kansas South have been doing that forever. That's <laughs> not impressive. Dipping those things in the and he's he always looks like he's almost puking because he kind of like puts one hand over and then another and it always looks like he's about to vomit i'm sure he's about to they showed like the the you know the caloric breakdown and like the sodium and like the it was just i think i have that just disgusting just one of the most vile like 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 things you could possibly watch and i couldn't turn away from it yesterday i do have it 72 hot dogs and buns so calories twenty thousand one sixty. It's like two weeks worth of calories, 20,000, not 20, like, dude, it's like what, 2,500 a day, like yeah, the average person's yeah. supposed to have. That's, that's probably what most Americans eat. It's probably towards three, dude. And he's getting up over 20,000 in 10 minutes. The fat was 1,296 grams. The cholesterol was 2,160. The sodium was 56,160. At some point, and, and, and I say this kind of joking, but not totally. At some point. When is somebody going to go, there's literally people starving all over the world, oh, they and you guys have. celebrate your independence by wasting food? Like, eventually, I think people are going to start to say, like, some of the stuff we do isn't right. People starving in Ohio, people starving in Stark County, people starving in Canton. Right. I, I mean, like, it's not all over the world. We don't have to right. pull Nicaragua into this. Like, just, we, like dude, there's, there's people who are <laughs> dying from hunger in our communities, and it's like, nope, this is I, what we do. I just think that that's the world we live in now, where every 
everybody looks for the wrong in everything versus the fun in everything. And I'm telling you, I, I do. I've said I it was like six years ago on Facebook. I said, start, dude, enjoy these Fourth of Julys because sooner or later somebody's going to tell you this is an awful bigot holiday that we should be embarrassed of and not celebrate. And sooner or later that will happen. It's uh, it's it's just like a food fight where people will see it and get upset about it. But it's like, dude, whatever. If Nathan's wants to donate a million hot dogs and light them on fire, well, you know, <sighs> dude, I got it. Dude, Nathan's hot dogs is good. They're delicious. Yeah, man. that play that place is really we really. Should see good. how many we can eat in ten minutes. Let's make a game. Out of it. Here's the how thing: how many you putting down? I could do more. I obviously could eat more hot dogs and buns than the average human being, but I could not eat seventy two. No, and, and, and and if I have to like dip them in. Dude, that's the part that gets that like grosses me out. Is the dipping them in liquid to make them I don't know easier to, to easier eat? to swallow? Because if you didn't, if you were just chewing that bread, that would take up a vast majority of your time as a competitive eater. And then at the end, at the end, you don't have to swallow like the last mouthful. So they start chipmunking and they just start shoving as many hot dogs as they can into their oh, mouth. Oh yeah, you're just allowed to cram it in yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, as long as you get it, as long as you get it into your mouth before the before the zero zero. That's hits, disgusting, so. and, dude. Absolutely vile. But like I said. Couldn't turn it away. Uh, the guy who does the announcing for that, he's so good. Like, I kind of forgot about that. Like, he's Where do over, you get practice at that? I, who knows? But this guy's, like, over the top, and he's just really entertaining. And, like, I mean, he was the, the announcer was really good. Um, dude, fireworks over the 4th of July. Uh, saw, I feel like, went to Hudson's Fireworks on Saturday. Jeez. Uh, you got to go to the rich neighborhoods, right? I mean, that's kind of the best place to go. I went up there to see my family and stuff. And then on Monday, I went to the uh, to the uh, to the monument, uh, the fireworks was there in Canton. I was pretty nice it kind of sucked because it had just rained so i think it kept people away and like it wasn't as busy as it had been in years past but it was nice it was nice to see like thousands of camp nights come together for like you know something decent and uh it's always cool to see the fireworks over uh the monument it just looks like ultra patriotic yeah i saw it on the news yeah they showed it on the news and it did look cool but uh, i mean honestly here's the thing i just can't get geared up for fireworks i just can't of course not I, you know what I mean? The, the, that is one of those things your girlfriend drags you to. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I mean, we're a couple and it's 4th of July. Like, we have to be American. Like, let's get our American sunglasses and go watch fireworks. That's just what girlfriends do. Yes. yes. And so, and like, being seen, yes. I, like, I don't have anybody to guilt me into those things. And plus, do you don't want to be the guy just standing there by yourself? Like, ooh, ah. And I, I just, I, I don't get wrapped up in the fireworks. Understandable. I mean, I, I, I think most adults probably don't. Like, but- if I go to the Indians game and they do it after, I'm staying, right? I mean, because it's like, yeah, well, I'm right here. I'm already in my seat. I'm half tipsy. Like, why not? I, I, mean? I feel like at that point, I'm like, dude, I'm leaving because I don't want to fight with the traffic. And that kind of was one of the things about about the monument fireworks. I was like, gosh. Was traffic bad? It just, I just felt like, I don't know. It, people are idiots behind the wheel, I guess is really what it boils down to. It wasn't a lack of like police officers like telling you where to go or anything like that. Right. But people in that parking lot are just like, no, I'm not letting you in. And uh, people, if you can't be a part of the let one person in and then you go system, dude, you you deserve you deserve the worst of life uh, to happen. To you. Let's 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 clean up the language on that. Uh, let's what? not no. Let's clean up the language on that. In a parking I, lot when I, we're merging together. I feel like yes, in certain situations you were absolutely right. That should be the system. But everybody knows there's also driving situations where it's now it's every man for himself. And I do I believe in that parking lot that your said system is right. But there are situations where it's like nah nah nah. We ain't got time to be letting those people in. This, let's get out of here. This is society. If you're on the road, we're talking about.
about something different, but within a parking lot. That's what I'm lot, saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, in that parking lot, I'm with you. Uh, when, when it comes to a parking lot merging onto a road, that's fine. But no, I'm going to stand by my statement. You deserve the worst in life. You let one person in, another person comes behind you. That's how it works. Dude, I had to roll my window down and like scream at this lady. Like, And it wasn't even me that a she lady? wasn't. It wasn't even me that she wasn't letting in. I don't care if you're man, woman, who you are, what race you are, what, what gender you are. I don't care about any of that in these moments. This is this is decent human beings doing something here. And she had her window down. I had to roll my window down. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why would you not let him in? It wasn't even, it wasn't even me that had the issue. Wow. Well, dude, there's common courtesies in life. <laughs> what are you playing all about? There's, there's, dude, I mean, <laughs> there's, you doing? there's a standard in life. And if you're not going to be a part of that, dude, you need to be shunned out of society. Jeez. Like all a, the- like a leper <laughs> Society, dude, man, you woke up full of piss and vinegar today, man. <laughs> Normally, I'm the one we got to talk off the ledge. What the hell's going on, man? Fourth of July, man, got me fired up. And the best thing about Fourth of July, I haven't even mentioned it yet. haven't even talked about it yet. Last night, the glorious, and I mean absolutely glorious return of John Cena. Yeah, nobody cares. Oh, come on. Give me some of John Cena's back, Stansberry. I didn't know John Cena had He's gone. He's back, in. baby. Where did he go? He was he was making movies and doing stuff like that, but Cena's back in the WWE now. He came back out last oh, I didn't night. Know, I didn't know was, he wasn't a wrestler. It anymore. was incredible. I stayed up like 20 minutes late for it. So, yeah, it was a great 4th of July. Well, I don't know what Now I, I know why you're all mad about traffic. <laughs> I don't know what else I can, what else I can say. It was you awesome. And, you and George Nation up to 1130 <laughs> last night. Now you got to scream at someone lady at Monument Park. <laughs> that poor lady probably did nothing wrong. I had a great weekend, by the way. Yeah, Thank you happened? for asking me. No, what'd you tell me? Come on. <laughs> no, I, uh, honestly, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I did nothing. I uh, I totally shut down. I, um, I used the phone a lot less than I normally would. Uh, I played a, a little bit of golf. Not a lot, but a little bit. And I just kind of like totally just stepped away. And like when I found myself like even because look the phone's an addiction so you're gonna get you're gonna yeah. be on it right and when I found myself doing it I, I then I would remember be like no 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 what are you doing and I would put it right back down and uh, I just kind of stayed away and, and 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 that's why I feel like when I woke up earlier this morning I was like dude let me add it because I haven't been paying attention to everything that's been going on I'm still catching up this morning and doing all that I wish I would I don't know I I didn't go to any like barbecue I got invited to go to some barbecues and I didn't go. And I honestly, now that I wake up, like what I, I almost said Monday morning <laughs> on Wednesday morning, you know, head back to work. I wish I would have done a little bit more, but um, I, I just, I, I totally just like decompressed and got rested and I feel great. And uh, I, I'm in honestly a better mood than I have been in quite a long time. And I actually do um, have a little bit of a, a call to action that I need help with. And we're going to take a little break here. I'll come right back and I'll tell you what I'm talking about next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. I'm just happy 4th of July weekend is is over. Don't get me wrong. I like you know taking time off. I like long weekends. I like barbecues. I like ribs. I like all that stuff. But, dude, it's it, it's you can add to the list of phrases I hate. Fireworks or gunshots? Hood will never know. It's just like, guys, like, come on. Like, you, do you, like, you're... There's not even the possibility you were the first person to post it that day. No. Let alone the first person in the world to ever had posted. No. No, you're certainly not the first. And let's be honest. <laughs> I hate to bring you down, but the the opioid epidemic has pretty much turned every neighborhood in America into the hood. Yeah, yeah. There's gunshots everywhere gunshots now. Gunshots is probably the answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like 
All right, because I was going to say, dude, what do you hate, America? But yes, no. you're right. And and I mean, throw on top of that the uh, the pictures and the live-streamed videos of fireworks, and it's just like, all right. And it feels like 4th of July was a week long this year. And I don't know who I would need to talk to about making every major holiday on a Tuesday, but if we could do that and get that four-day weekend all the time, like it felt like... Yeah, you know what? We were lucky, though. The amount of people I knew who had to work Monday... It was a lot. Really? I was surprised. Like, the amount of people, I was like, well, yeah, man, what are we going to do all weekend? And most people were like, well, I got to go to work on Monday. I was like, what? I would have to assume that was one of the most unproductive days yeah, I don't know what you're dragging. Your, offices. Yeah, at some point, you just got to know your employees are going to be they're, they're not going to be worth much. So just let them stay home. Now, if it's you know, I mean, you know, the gas station has to be open. But sure. Everything else, I was just kind of like, glad I'm not at work today. Yeah, I was surprised how many people did have to work on Monday. So I, I you know, as much as I like to mess with our company, I, I will, you know. I will tip of the hat there. That was nice of them not to make us come in on Monday. Of the eight, although that might have just been our boss. <laughs> of the eight million things we can complain about, no, I think I think it was kind of company wide. Really? Yeah, okay, cool. I think of the eight million things we could complain about with our company, dude. Every holiday, any like any holiday, any it's even like Arbor Day. All right, you guys take the day off. Well, All you right, know what well, it is, you. honestly. And again, as I'm giving them credit, now I'm going to throw them right under Here the go. bus. It's just you know why they give you more time off. It's to prove to you they can do this without you. So therefore, when you go to negotiate with them. They're like, dude, what are you talking about? You had Arbor Day off. <laughs> exactly. Pay it's us. much how like an NBA team will tell guys, hey, you know what? You got to sacrifice more and get more of the team in and this and that. And then when your contract comes up, they go, well, you only average nine points a game. Right. And, well, yeah, it's because I did what you told me to do. Coach, you told me to pass it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very much the same way there. Before the holiday, I was asked to meet with somebody with a young man out of Maslin. His name's Zion Clark. And some of you may know his story. And I can be a little hardened. I can be a little jaded sometimes. But, you know, underneath it all, dude, I'm a cream puff. I totally am. I'm totally a sucker for, for the feel-good story. It's all those cream puffs. It's you. all the cream puffs. Yeah, you are what you eat there. And so I was asked to meet with Zion Clark. And um, I get asked to, you know, uh, help out with GoFundMes and, like, like, you know, these crowdsourcing things all the time. And a lot of times I'm always like, eh, I, I, I just want to make sure what I'm putting my name next to is legit. Two things there. Number one, yes, you do have to make sure that you're not involved in some sort of like scam or something. How terrible would you feel if it was like, hey, I'm faking people out with cancer and Stansberry endorsed me? Well, and it's also when you do one, then then right. people kind of come out of the woodwork and, well, you helped him. Why won't you help me? And so, like, it, it's very tricky, you know, when to pick and choose. But I was asked to look into this through a friend of mine who I know and is very important to me. And so this was important to her. And so then it became important to me. And so I met with him. His name's Zion Clark. He's a wrestler, and he was born without legs. And I don't know the name of the thing. I'm sure it's got its own name. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Okay. But I met with him. And he is a wrestler and also a wheelchair athlete. And here's what happened. He had graduated high school, and I, dude, he won a bunch of state champs and like all this stuff, right? And he went to Stark State. And now he's been accepted to go to Otterbein. And wrestle for Otterbein's team. But he needs like $1,400 so he can pay Stark State because apparently they won't release his transcripts due to some non payment over an issue. Okay. And on top of that, like I said, he's been doing the, these wheelchair events where he's racing in a 20 year old wheelchair and like beating dudes who are in like brand new carbon fiber chairs that are less heavy and all this stuff. And this kid's like amazing. 
And so he needs five grand total is what he needs. He needs fourteen hundred for like the transcripts to be sent to Otterbein. Needs another thirty five hundred dollars for the chair. And when I met with the kid, I was like, when he told me first about the transcripts, he was like, yeah, I need fourteen hundred. And I was like, you mean fourteen thousand? He was like, no, 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 I need fourteen hundred bucks. And I thought to myself, oh, just write the kid the check. <laughs> what are you doing? Just write the kid the check and be done with it. And I thought, no, I mean, he's got a very interesting story. And I, I know they're, you know, they're, well, some of us are decent and, and want to do some of this stuff. And again, I'm picky and choosy here, but I, I met him and he did. He won me over. Like he totally won me over. And I feel like $5,000 is an achievable goal. Now, I have not yet myself donated. I will before the end of the day. But I have sent this link out via the Facebook page, facebook.com slash show, and I've also tweeted it out. But his story was amazing. And I don't know. I guess I just saw somebody who was born with a lot of reason to give up and didn't and has done more than, honestly, I think I probably have in comparison to what I've been given. And there was a little bit that was like, yeah, help this guy reach his goal because you've kind of wasted some of the benefits that your life has given you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, having likes is a very easy thing to take for granted. There's no question about that. Like, being able to stand up and walk around is like, oh, yep, of course I can do that. Of course everyone else can do right. that. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I did not know of this story before you brought my attention to it. Um, so obviously... You know, I feel like I have my my kind of thumb on the pulse of at least Stark County. And for me not to know this, so I guarantee you there's people out there who just didn't know this oh, was know. a thing. So, right. like, no. The fact that you decided to kind of uh, spread some of that Stansberry love on it, uh, hats off to you, buddy. Yeah, I met the kid, and I just, I don't know. I, I just felt like, okay, yeah, man, you're worthy of this. And I know people are hesitant with this stuff because people are doing it for all, all kinds of stuff right. now. I'm getting a divorce. Go fund me. Right. I'm doing this. or go. You know what I mean? And everybody's got somebody or, so, or you know, a relative who needs something. I mean, dude, it's America. Everybody needs something. You know what I mean? But so, like I said, I'm very hesitant to get involved in this kind of stuff. But I did. I met with him and I was like, all right, yeah, this is this is legit. This is on the up and up. And I will. I will. Yes, I will ask the audience for their help here. Yeah, dude, I don't want him. I don't want him competing like just in an office chair. We got to get him like top of the line, good wheelchair. Dude, he dude. Came, honestly, I, th- I think he it was like like a fraction of a second. He came in second at like the Olympic Nationals, Jeez. and again he had a chair that's like full on like steel, and was racing against somebody in carbon fiber. So they say had he had the same exact chair, he would have blown the kid away. That's the part that got me. It's like, man, I won't run. Yeah, dude, you know what I mean? And this, not doing that. I just, you know, I don't know. It pulled on the heartstrings. I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to help this guy out. Fourteen hundred bucks so we can go to college. Come on. So if you feel inclined, like I said, it's at the Facebook page. Also, I tweeted it out at Sansbury Show. Is how you find that. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Found on iHeartRadio as well. We still, and by we, I mean the Cleveland Cavaliers, still do not have a general manager. Are you concerned about that? Um, I'm a little bit frustrated with the situation of... Chauncey Billups turning it down like I've said since day one of of him kind of balking at it is that like how do you make that move without automatically knowing who your next person is like there's some jobs you can fire the guy You're talking about getting rid of David Griffin yeah okay. you, some jobs you can fire the guy and like yeah whatever we'll get somebody here to cover that shift tomorrow but like if you're going to fire somebody in a position like that you two need, weeks before free agency started you need to automatically know um, who that next person in line is going to be that paperwork already needs to be 
be drawn up. You just need the signature on it. Um, now, in the big picture, am I really freaking out? No, because if I'm looking at it from the perspective of, like, this is the year, I think the Cavs might F around and win a championship this year. Like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not like, hey, dude, this is guaranteed going to happen, but there's no doubt they're still the best team in the East. I know everyone's like, oh, Gordon Hayward's moving to Boston. Yeah, blah, that blah, don't blah. matter. I mean, it matters, but it's not, it doesn't matter in the big picture. Like, yeah, he's, he's not enough. You still have a much better team in the Cavaliers as they stand constructed today. So, like, I don't know, dude. I, I, so, no, I'm not like in full throttle panic mode, I guess. I'm only in, I would never be in panic mode, but I am in, well, the writing's on the wall mode and the writing's on the wall. And I said this before when Chauncey was like kind of taking his time with it. I said this whole thing comes down to LeBron James, and I'm right about this. Whether it's being reported or not, I'm right about this. If LeBron would commit to the Cavaliers full-time and say, dude, I'm a Cavalier no matter what, if he would just come out and say it, Chauncey Billups would have signed that contract. You only want this job if you get LeBron. Because the moment LeBron leaves, that team is going to fall. Dude, he couldn't sit for two minutes in an NBA Finals game without blowing an 18-point lead. They are a terribly constructed team without LeBron James. And everybody knows it. And I think if he was willing to commit, Chauncey would have taken the job. But it's an awful job if you don't have LeBron James. Which is kind of even more why I would have taken it if I was Chauncey Billups. Because you have one year of doing the job, and if it sucks the following year, you're going to get fired. you and you're going to get paid out for the, for the next three years after that, millions of dollars. To me, like that. I mean, that, you're playing in the big three league. That's that right. That's <laughs> there was just more incentive where I was like, dude, why wouldn't you take that job? If LeBron leaves, okay, you had one shot at a title. You get to you get to f up a franchise for another year, and then it's like, well, dude, I got fired. Who cares? Are you making any big deal out of um, the stories coming out that LeBron's not actively trying to recruit players to Cleveland? Um, no, not necessarily because like. It's not, it's not like it's uh, with. I think the Cavaliers they're going to make moves as the season goes on. As as they sit like they right did now, last year, as they sit right now with the salary cap kind of sitting where it is. There's not too many big moves that that like LeBron could be an advocate for. I mean, yeah, you could get some guys to sign here, but dudes, uh, there's not too many guys who have taken less money so far in free agency, other than Kevin Durant, which is ridiculous to me that he signed a two year like fifty four million dollar deal or something like that, which is obviously a a, a, a wealth of money. Um, but at the same time, to have Steph Curry sign that four year, I can't remember. What it was it was four hundred million, it, dude. It was it no two hundred million, 200 and LeBron million. said he should get four hundred million, dude. How, which is ridiculous. How how on earth are you going to be like? All right, I'm the better player. I'm the better the the bigger asset to this team, and you're making double what I am. Yeah, I, I salary caps are BS, dude. They are. Let these guys make whatever they want to make. All right, there's a real good reason why salary caps are needed, especially in professional basketball. We don't have enough minutes to do it right now. But I'll clear something off the end of the schedule for later in the show and tell you exactly why salary... Dude, I'll just say this, and we will talk about it in 9 o'clock. If there was no salary caps, there would be no Cleveland Cavaliers. That's uh, and I'll get into it, and I'll tell you why. It all. Everybody always goes, it's about the players, it's about the players, it's about the... No, every sport is about the owner. It's always going to be about the owner. It will always, always, always be about the owner. And I'll explain that to you at 9 o'clock. I wish I had more time. I really do. But it's it's just one of those things where you, I, I'm with you. I want guys to be able to get paid whatever they want because I want to be able to get paid whatever I want. This isn't about looking at an athlete going, you dunk basketballs. It's not worth that kind of money. It's not that. I have a whole other argument for it, and we'll do it at 9 o'clock. I am worried about the fact that nobody wants to take this GM job. And I think it's because they know LeBron's not staying. And I've been saying it for a little while now. He is not going to stay. I can't see what, what, I can't see the play. He's not going to spend the rest of his 
time not winning. He's going to at least make moves to try to win. Where does he have a better shot to win? And, well, here's the other thing. Everybody, dude, everybody keeps giving him credit. All these guys are leaving the East. That's not the way it's going to play when he's done playing. It's going to play by people who do shows that he never played against decent competition because all the good players were in the West. That's how it's going to play when he hangs it up. And he knows that. I think he'll go to the West because that's where all the good competition is. And he knows he can no longer get Michael now. But what happens when he gets bounced out first round of the West? I don't think he will, though. I, I, you, so, so you feel like I he mean, did, dude, he took a, dude, he took a, a like a. A bag full of teammates nobody else would want. You, you, you feel like he'd be able to go out to a team on the West right now and automatically be able to to get past teams like San Antonio, Houston, and Golden State? Oh, I think there's a very good chance that after next year, he's a Houston Rocket. I think there's a very good chance that that's where he ends up. And I, I think that he LeBron James chases, I think, smart. And I, th- I think he misses Pat Riley for that. And I think he realizes that Dan Gilbert's not as smart as Pat Riley. And I think maybe he wants to go to Houston to be with Daryl Morey, any, who is smart. Any team that is going to take him is going to have to be able to take a max contract. So like, it, 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 when, when all those things start to factor in, I just don't see where he has an opportunity better to compete for a championship every year. I, on paper right now, the, the Cavaliers look like far and away the best option. I'm just over the next year or two, when more guys are available, again, next year, the free agency is going to go crazy. A bunch of dudes are open. And so like stuff's going to happen and I don't know if it's going to be Houston or not, but I know LeBron James, if he was going to stay, Chauncey Billups would be the Cavs GM. Uh, There's a little bit of an uproar, and not even a little bit, a lot of an uproar being made about a tweet that was happening over the weekend and I don't see the problem at all. I do not see the problem at all. So we'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. I keep thinking today's Monday and it's not. It's Wednesday. It's glorious. Yeah, dude. no, I like that a Fantastic. lot. Fantastic. I like that a lot. I'm a fan. I uh, I said it earlier. I'll say it again, dude. Every major holiday needs to be on a Tuesday. We need these four day weekends. Be awesome. Would be. So something happened over the weekend, and everybody's all in a dust up about it, and I can't for the life of me figure out why. I, maybe there's something here, and I'm just not seeing it. That's totally possible. But I can't for the life of me figure this out. And I know a lot of you get uh, get upset when it feels like I'm like jumping up and down on our president. I know some of you, I, I know a lot of Trump supporters feel like sometimes I'm a little guilty of jumping up and down on him. And I'm going to get his back here because I, for the life of me, can't figure out why this is a big deal. At least for him, I can't figure out why this is a big deal. But he had tweeted out a video somebody made of him. I believe it was originally aired on Reddit, which is a website where people go and share things. And... It's, I guess, the video of when he was on some WWE show from back in 07, and he, like, tackles somebody or does some wrestling movie, like, knocks somebody to the ground, and the Reddit user then blocked out his opponent's face and put the CNN logo over it. And so then Trump retweets it, excuse me, and then, like, hashtagged it, Fraud News Network, and, like, all this stuff. And I can't figure out why everybody's all up in arms about this. I, I, I don't understand. He has called them fake news forever. I, I, which, if I mean, that's like one of the worst things you could say about a journalist. I know that's how journalists would feel like, oh my God, that's, you might as well call somebody a pedophile at that point. So like, I don't understand. Like if he's been screaming fake news forever, why the video of the CNN logo on top of somebody's body is a big deal. Why is that a big deal? You don't feel like that's... 
I mean, obviously, there's plenty of, of, of distaste and distrust for, for news journalists nowadays. Sure. And, you know, as we're kind of still in the aftermath of, you know, political violence that, you know, almost killed a senator, you don't feel like that that's irresponsible to call for violence against or at least is a, a, a visual representation as a call for violence. I was going to say, I don't feel like it's a call for violence. I feel like what he's saying there is that they keep trying to attack me, and yet, look, I'm winning. There's no proof of any of this stuff they say they have. And yet, there, and is, to go further, there's video of CNN producers saying that, yeah, we try to find stuff. We're, like, manufacturing stuff. And I think, like, on the end of that, he tweeted this, and I don't see the big deal. Um... Uh, do you, I mean, and I know you don't see see it this way, but I think a lot of people who have an, or who are defending this were very sh- strongly against Kathy Griffin and Snoop Dogg showing violence against the president. I just feel like, well, if you're going to feel one way about things, then you should probably feel that way across the board. I don't understand why it's inappropriate for Kathy Griffin to hold a head up, and I think that was grossly inappropriate. I think that was 100 percent over. Yeah, I wasn't wild about that. So, like, but why is that? Why is that? Oh, you shouldn't do that versus this where it's like, eh, okay. That's a good question. Why do why do I feel differently about those things? I I don't know. I mean, and if anything, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because we're taught that the that the office of the president is sacred. Right. And like, but the thing is is Kathy Griffin's not the president. I mean, you can you can you can criticize them all you want to, but like when you're the president, shouldn't you be the one to tell to a higher standard? Yeah, you could definitely make that argument. I but, mean, like, and what did he say about his tweet? He says, you know, it's not presidential; it's modern day presidential. And here's the thing: he's right. I I don't think this is like a terrible like. It just doesn't come off egregious it, to me. It, it, do do and I I very much subscribe to like. Well, no, we're not going to blame video games for Columbine. So no, I'm not going to blame you know if some nut job decides to attack a CNN People reporter. People are responsible today. for their own damn right. selves. Well, right, but if you're going to feel that way here, I just feel like it shows a great hypocrisy not to feel that way across the board. If Kathy Griffin truly was inciting violence, if Snoop was truly inciting violence when he shot that Donald Trump clown, well then like then how do you not feel this way with this? If you're one of those people that feels like one thing's going to incite violence, then yeah, then the other would. I don't feel like that's what was going to happen out of those things. I just think some things are distasteful. But again, I I, I said, I don't like it, but she can do whatever she wants. I don't know why you would. Therein lies the big problem, is that Trump was obviously very like, well, my kid can't sleep because he saw this. Well, I mean, like, if your dad's a CNN reporter and your kid kid sees this, your kid doesn't think that that someone's going to come beat your dad up? I don't know. The block logo... Versus, like, I mean, dude, it, they didn't superimpose, like, somebody famous from, you know what I mean? Like, they used the logo. It's very different. Um, I think that's what separates it. I don't know. I feel like you're, you're you know, uh, you, at the end of the day, Anderson Cooper is CNN. CNN is Anderson Cooper. Mm, I'll tell you what, the first thing I thought of when I, it, Anderson Cooper never came into my mind when I saw the video. Not one time. I've seen it a hundred times. And Anderson, honestly, until you said his name, that was the first time I associated Anderson Cooper with that at all. Um. Well, I mean, so Wolf I think Blitzer, that that's, uh, I think that's what makes it very different. Jake though. Tapper. I mean, uh, well, that see, that's what I'm saying. There's one president, and she held the head of the president up. I think that's very different than a block logo of. That would be like somebody saying that would be like somebody using the iHeart logo and somebody going, "Well, that stands very obviously." No, it's not. There's a million of us. Well, not obviously, but I think you could put any one of us in that position. Okay. I I just. 
I saw the tweet and I was like, and, and I guess maybe it's because of everything else he's tweeted and said and done where I was just like, guys, this is the thing? This is the, the, the big problem? Well, I mean, obviously, if this was any other president and this was just what have came out of left field, it would have been even more jarring, even more surprising. But like, I think if, if nothing else, it's like... It's obviously a lowering of the standard. It's obviously a lowering. If this is like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, dude, if if this was, if this was, and I know Ronald Reagan didn't have Twitter, but like, if this was, you know, any other president in the history of presidents, this would have been like, oh my God, what is, you know, what is, what is, what is this versus now it is. And I'll agree with you hundred percent that it is very much like, yeah, whatever. I mean, make no mistake. I think the bar has been lowered. And I think what he said is true, that this is modern day presidential and this is the way things are going to go from here on out. I really do. I think both sides are going to get down a little bit more in the muck. I hope not. Yeah, I I get what you're saying and I think you're right about it. What did I say during the election cycle? I said he has a shot because he understands America better than America understands him. And dude, this is who we are. We're the WWE. (laughs) This is who we are. This is us. This is who America is. And so I think that there's truth in what he said, that this is modern day presidential. I mean, I know my grandparents wouldn't recognize it. (laughs) I hope not. I hope not. You know what I mean? But I just think this is where we're headed. Not headed. This is where we're headed. This is happening. We're talking about something that happened. This is where we are. I think, and there's a difference between... Fake staged violence and a severed head. I understand. It's fake staged violence. I understand what Kathy Griffin was trying to do, but I think there's a different. There's a difference between decapitation and body slams. I, 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 it's fake stage violence. One of them's going to send me to jail for a hell of a long time, and the other one's not. If you don't think you can bludgeon someone to death, like it's fake stage violence. It's a fake rubber head that was used. It's the same thing to me, and I view them as both inappropriate. When we're talking about political things here, when we're talking about about the president of the United States, it's inappropriate for you to hold up a fake bloody head of him, and it's inappropriate for him to to essentially use fake stage violence to prove his point. It's wrong. I, I don't. I don't see it. I don't, and I think Caleb hit it on the head. Who tweeted it to me? He says the reason why you feel difference about the, uh, 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 you why you see a difference on this is because CNN's a corporation, not a person, and he's right. That is why. I don't care if you attack a company. I don't. I, I don't care if you feel like you're getting a victory over a company, especially a company who, again, has been exposed as on the hunt for you. Now, again, they are a news organization, and journalists are supposed to be on the hunt for you. The journal, dude, journalists are not supposed to be your friend. They're supposed to be super jaded and be out to get you. That's how we get good journalism. So I'm for it. I'm just saying they have been kind of exposed as like colluding to like, eh, it's kind of like, eh, it's kind of ramp this up. And so when you're doing that, I don't know how you can expect anything than what you got. And I just, I saw people making a big deal out of the tweet and I was like, ah, this is one of those things that people are hating on because of who did it. And I think that it's people making too much out of it. And as a guy who's been very critical of the president, when I feel like you should be critical of him, and again, I was critical of the last one, but this one I felt like, yeah, this is piling on. And in the, and I guess maybe what my overall point is, for everything else he said or done, this came off as very just run-of-the-mill to me. And again, I think Caleb, who tweeted it in, and nice job on that, it is. It's because it's a corporation versus a person. And that is where the difference is. That might make me a hypocrite, but I'm going to be okay with it. I read the best story.
story ever as to give me a warning to never pee in public ever again. I will never do it ever again after reading this, and I'll fill you in next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRTK.com. It can be streamed via iHeartRadio. I read about this over the weekend, and... Uh, it pretty much scared me straight from peeing in public ever again. Right. Which, honestly, as an adult, you probably shouldn't do a whole lot. But, you know, um, as an avid golfer, you know, you can find yourself out in the golf course and be like, all right, maybe right around this tree, got to get this done here. They don't have, like, a portal potty at the nine or something? It all depends on the course. Some courses have two, one per side, but there are places who don't have any. I think you need to have a place, dude. What do you, what do you want people urinating all over the greens? Come there, on, huh? there are uh, there are actually some courses that have like full blown like bathrooms built. That makes sense to me um, out there. But I uh, I've seen porta potties, but not all courses have them. So every now and again, or maybe you might be three holes away from it, and you're like, man, I just gotta go. So sometimes that'll happen. Not lying about that. But I read this story out of Cancun where an American tourist was down there. You know, probably for the holiday or whatever. And I guess he woke up in the middle of the morning, like 6 a.m. or whatever, and like walked over to a lagoon and like started to relieve himself, started peeing in public there. All right. And you would think the story would just end with him being arrested. Now he has to like, you know, register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. But no, it's actually a little worse than that. God, if you end up on the Mexican sex registration list, like, dude, you know, something went wrong there, dude. All of a sudden, (laughs) it's one thing if it happens here. But if you're on another country's sex offender list, oh, bro, that's that's got to be brutal. Yeah, issues. Well, he started peeing. And I guess a gator like came out of the water and snatched half his arm off. Jesus. Yeah, no, he chopped like half his arm off. The guy's in now you think a Mexican like sex offender list is bad. He's in Mexican like hospital. Yeah, that's bad too. Oh, bro. Like here's the thing. I want to travel internationally. Believe me, I do. But I worry about stuff like that. Like, cause we can knock America all we want, right? And I get that healthcare is like expensive and it's a problem. But if you could go to the if you could go to the ER in any country in the world, who are you picking? Yeah, you're picking America. Obviously, obviously. I'll take the bill and the <sighs> decent medicine versus some guy I'm not sure I'm trusting. Uh, well, I mean, that's probably just me being like, well, dude, at least I know that I'll be able to talk to him, and the good people at Altman will help me out. But like, yes, I take your point there. Of like, you, you. Now you'd I don't know. There could be fantastic hospitals all over the world, yeah. but I know when there are serious problems, what do they do? They call America and ask if we'll do it. So, like, I, when I read that, I was like, why would you just wander over to a lagoon where you know there's wildlife that you don't understand? You're not from Cancun. You have no idea what's in there. I think that's what it probably was, is the guy's probably on a resort or something like that in a touristy area, and uh, you just kind of make the assumption that, like, well, it's all kind of a part of the, of the tourist, you know, attraction. I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to be fine. Why would, why would, why would <sighs> there be an alligator in there? I'm sure they, you know... I'm sure they clear it out. There's no alligators in there. You're on vacation mode. You're not even thinking about stuff like that. You don't think anything can happen to you, dude. You're you know still half wasted from the night before, and and I can totally see how it happens. That's awful, man. Wow. Just having half your arm ripped off. Right. And what do you what do you what do you do at that point? I mean, like you you you're standing there armless. Your dongs out. You're in the middle of Mexico. It sounds like a terrible predicament, man. <laughs> I just do when I thought when I thought about the poor guy being stuck in a Mexican hospital. Now I don't know. Maybe I'm just being negative. Or maybe I don't know enough, or maybe I, I, mean, I haven't spent enough time traveling to Mexico. But I just, why do I feel like you'd be lucky to see a roof in the hospital? 
hospital. I don't know why I feel like that, but I'm just like, I, I just would never want to be treated for a serious problem outside of this country. Uh, this is just like, uh, what was that, a year or two ago when that kid got eaten at Disney World by an alligator or a crocodile or whatever the hell that was? It's like uh, you're in a, 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 an area of the, of the world where, where animals will eat you. How do you not think that that's a possibility? If it happened in Ohio, then you'd be like, oh my God, How dude. did that happen? Oh, right, right, that's not even possible, but no, it's in Mexico, so yeah, you can get your ass eaten. Yeah, of course there's going to be alligators down there. I just don't understand why why you would just be... First of all, if you're in a resort, what are you doing peeing in the lagoon? Right, right. Like, you're at a resort. Like, aren't you just going to use the bathroom they provide for you? Turns out a very popular rock star says this is it. He's done. He's coming off the road. I'll explain next. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. I am a firm believer that anytime somebody comes out and tells you how they're not going to be doing something, that really what they're saying is, is beg me to start doing this. And I feel like that's what's happening here with a particular rock star. And I want to be a little careful here. In the interest of full disclosure, this particular rock star works for iHeartMedia. And his name is Nikki Six, who's on from 7 to midnight here at Rock 106.9. And I think Nikki Six is totally lying about something. Okay. I remember when Motley Crue went out on the road for like the, you know, all bad things must come to an end tour. And I told you, I was like, dude, if, if Nikki says Motley's done, Motley's done. It's always been his band. And if he doesn't need the money, he doesn't care if Vince Neil dies in the street because they've hated each other for 40 years. It doesn't matter. And I, for the longest time, felt like I was right about that. Put a pin in that. I think you may see Motley Crue again here. And I think it's partially part of this statement that Nikki's talking about. I didn't know this, and I guess maybe I should have, that 6AM put out two albums last year. I didn't know that. What? <laughs> Jeez, 6AM, new music coming in. Oh, out. I see. I kind of like 6AM. Yeah, I think we did. We knew that they had some new music out, because I think we've new Turd Tuesdayed some stuff from them, haven't we? Yeah, I thought I, there was a right. I didn't know there was two. Okay. And I guess now people are asking him when he, and they toured. I mean, they were, and I mean, they were touring, and people are asking him now when he's going to tour again. At least he's saying people are asking him when he's going to tour again. Right. A lot of people are asking me, when am I going to go on tour? A lot of people, dude. Everyone wants to know, when's the six man heading out on the road? And so he took to Facebook to say, for those of you asking, I've been playing in bands and touring the world for 40 years. I have no immediate tour plans unless I get a wild hair up my ass or something or somebody really inspirational comes along. Since I've been home, I've just been writing music nonstop, recording with other artists, taking vocal, bass, and guitar lessons, and focusing on photography. Money has never been and isn't a driving force for me. Let the chips fall where they fall, so I guess I'm unofficially retired or maybe just expired at this time. It will be nice to give 100% of my time to my wife and kids. Well, thanks for putting such priority on your radio show. All those things he's listed off that he's doing, dude. All of them. Oh, my wife. Oh, my well, kids. he gets into that. He says, oh, no, well, the, okay, yeah, God. finishing off, he's, he's clue fans in. It says here, adding, I got a couple of 6 a.m. albums coming out soon, so why would you stop touring? And uh, I guess there's a book, another book coming out. He says here, Sixth Sense is the rate is 
the biggest syndicated radio show in the world, and that's going on eight years. Is that technically true? It may be true. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm going to assume that there's probably a lot of foreign radio stations that do run it because it is Nikki Six. Um, but I have a hard time believing it's the biggest syndicated show in the world. I'll do. take Delilah for the win. Um, I just don't know if Delilah's playing in other countries where Nikki Six is definitely going to get, you know, Oh, you don't syndicated. think the Reconnect Me With My Long Lost Lover plays in Finland? I do. People would have their own Finnish Delilah. You don't have your own ah, Finnish Nikki Six. Ah, you may be right there. I guess now the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt, is coming to Netflix, which I think is the perfect place to put the Motley Crue movie. I, I would go to the theater to see the Motley Crue movie, and I think a lot of people would the first two weeks it's in the theater. But when you send a movie to the theater, it kind of needs to be in there. I, what is it, 12, eight, 12, 14 weeks they try to keep stuff in there, I think it is? And I just don't see the Motley Crue movie playing on that level in a theater. Yeah. I mean, if you did select theaters, like cool theaters and like, hey, it's a limited run. You you get one month to come see this movie. Maybe it would succeed. But I don't think the Crue's movie at at Tinseltown is going to necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a theatrical release to me. And so Netflix makes all the sense in the world to put the dirt on. Which, if you've read the book, The Dirt, it was awesome. I mean, I would say most movies of this type. Yeah, dude, just go streaming automatically. I mean, most things anymore. Unless, unless there's a reason for you to be in theaters, like it's a big movie, a blockbuster that you want on screen. Most movies, I feel like you can just automatically go to uh, to the streaming service. Yeah, like the blow them up car chase movies. Yeah, it does. The theater does help that. Transformers. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, if you're a comedy or a documentary, or like, dude, just go to Netflix. Yeah, for me, it's. Just stream it. I've been asking forever why we still have the movie theater. So he says he's not going to tour, and I feel like this is a total lie. So you got a new Motley Crue project coming out in the movie. The Heroin Diaries play is coming up. Which, again, The Dirt and The Heroin Diaries were both really good books. I, the Heroin Diaries was really good. So I just feel like this is him like coming out and nobody's asking him when you're going to tour again. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying it. And now look, oh my God, they're clamoring for me to tour. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. This felt very needy to me from a guy who, honestly, your meat should be ne- met. Well, I, I mean, um, you're the biggest band from the hair metal era for sure. Right? I mean, they're like the kings of that. Nobody was any bigger than they were or better or considered to be any better than they were. At that, so you got that. 6 a.m. is actually viable for a guy from the 80s hair metal scene to be viable in a band today is rare. So you got that. You do have a very, I'm not gonna call it good, but but a very accomplished radio show. It's a great radio show. Listen to it, iHeartRadio. Download it for free right now. Come on, dude. What do you want? Those black SUVs to roll out? I guess I should get I guess I should get on board. Yeah, dude. Best radio show you ever heard, except yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, it's not like it's god-awful. I'm just saying, it, you know, I actually, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't heard it in about two years, so I don't know. For all I know, it could be awesome. It just, this felt very needy to me. I think it's funny how he's like, oh, dude, money's never been the motivator. Well, yeah, since you made it all. Right, dude. Like, when you list off all these incredible things you can do with your life because you have an unlimited, like, resource of money, well, yeah, money, yeah, dude, it's barely even a motivator anymore. Well, of course, <laughs> come on, guy. Yeah, I mean, anytime somebody tells you money's not the issue, it's because they have it. Right. Money's never the issue when you have a ton of it. 
Take him back to 1977 when he was trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do with the rest of his life before he met Vince Neil. It was like, what am I going to do? Which, by the way, again, going back to the Motley Crue book, The Dirt, like when they make films, like they'll leave stuff from the book out. And there's a story in The Dirt that I hope, I hope, I hope is in the movie. And I think it was Tommy Lee that was telling this portion of the book because that's what they did. They like, Each guy wrote a chapter and then they'd go back and forth. And they were playing, I think it was a backyard high school party in Santa Monica. Jeez. And they all had girlfriends, but they were, you know, they were young, up-and-coming rock stars. So, you know, I mean, sex with, like, groupies and that kind of stuff happened. And they were worried that they were going to get busted by their girlfriends. And this was back before, like, Facebook and Twitter, so it wasn't, like, you know, screenshots or any of that. They were worried that the smell of a different vaginal area would be detected by their girlfriends that they stopped this is this was in the book the dirt i don't know if it's a true story but they pass it off as true so they stopped at like a 7-eleven in the middle of the night bought microwave burritos made them and then insert well covered yeah they had sex with the burrito to take the smell of the vaginal area away dude like dude that right there is the most rock and roll thing i've ever have you guys not heard about sink washing your junk? I mean, like, dude, there's a bathroom right there. They've got hand soap. They got a sink. Wash your dog, Tommy Lee. Obviously, you're able to do that. Why are you shoving your D into a burrito? Dude, this is Motley Crew. Jesus, dude. Dude, Nikki Six went one time. I think it was Ozzy, like, urinated on a hotel floor, and Nikki Six got on his hands and knees and licked it up. Like, dude, Nikki's a weirdo. But the sink was right there. <laughs> like, like, you're standing outside of the bathroom at the microwave. Nobody was like, hey, you know what we should do is wash it. Just, I mean, dude, to turn a microwave burrito into a D-sleeve, I would have just never thought of it. I thought it was ingenious, really, at the end of the day. I want to see that movie so, so bad. Obviously, a, being a huge Motley Crue fan. Do you have a release date on it? You know what that's going I, I Actually, I'm sure there is one. I don't know off the top of my head when that will be. But I feel like after that, even though I said Motley Crue's probably done, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them go out and go, oh, well, look how much. We didn't know the movie was going to do this good. Well, when people are clamoring for it, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Everybody asking them, when are you going out on the road? You just got off the road. When are you going back out on the road? It just came off so needy to me from a guy who should have all of his meads met. What? What? <laughs> meads met. I think I, think I got it. Another politician, not just Donald Trump, got himself in all kind of trouble over something. Oh, actually, a photo that was circula- uh, circulating around the Internet. We'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. If you haven't seen it yet, Fantone found this video of a 20-foot-tall tornado of fireworks. A little bit more impressive than your average backyard uh, you know, firework display there. Even a little more impressive than your average city fireworks there. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all seen the videos online this morning of like, oh, my gosh, did you see the fireworks? Well, yeah, we've all seen fireworks. We've all, we've all seen them. But this is actually impressive Yeah, they did, and for a guy, I'm not into the firework thing at all. Like, But that was kind of cool. That video was cool. That's available for you at WRQK.com. Something got brought up on the show a little earlier this morning. We didn't have enough time to finish the conversation, so I want to get back into it. 
And this is all about NBA free agency. And we saw Gordon Hayward leave the Utah Jazz and then now uh, is going to the Boston Celtics. And I saw people in Utah like lighting Gordon Hayward jerseys on fire, which the first couple of times you saw that, I, underst- I, I understood it. But now you know these dudes are leaving. You know they are. It's a topic of conversation for a year before they do it. And, I mean, let's be real. It's not like Gordon Hayward has, like, a a connection to Utah City that's like, well, dude, you know, you were a hometown hero done, you know, like, dude. Yeah, the LeBron thing was a little bit more yeah. than just, like, the like a best athlete, like, leaving. Yeah, and, I mean, let's be real. Uh, Gordon Hayward, the best basketball player on the Jazz, but not even close to the best basketball player in the NBA, and not even close to a conversation of the greatest of all time. No. Or anything even like that. So it's very much it's just like, a very good player. Uh, yeah, like, to, to, to treat every free agent leaving your team as like, oh my god, what a slight against the team. Well, dude, and dude, you're a Jazz fan. If you didn't see this coming and know that this was coming, come on, guys. Right. Come you on. just you, you gotta expect it. And I'm all for these guys going where they want and making the money that they want. And I'm all for dudes moving around, right? I want to be able to move around. I want to be able to make as much money as I can make. I want to be able to do all this stuff. So saying anything else about what these guys do, I feel would make me a you know a little bit more of a hypocrite than I would like to be. But all right, so Steph Curry signed his deal. Five years, 200 and some million. And LeBron took to Twitter, or one of his websites or whatever that he uses, social media, and said, tell me again why there are such things as salary caps. Steph should be getting 400 million over five years, not 200 million. And first, I want to warn athletes that before you get on social media and lecture us about how we have to be better to one another and how we have to do all this stuff, that you don't maybe stop before sending out a tone-deaf message of 200 and some million dollars isn't enough money, right? Now, I understand that they're the driving force behind the business, okay? But everybody always says to me, well, without the players, what are you going to do? When in reality, the real statement is, without the owners, what are you going to do? The players are millionaires. There's a, there's a bunch of millionaires. The owners are billionaires. There's only a handful of them. Okay, you see what I'm getting at here? The players only can play because the owners will own a team that are in the league. So the players aren't the most important thing. Because I can always find a 19-year-old kid that will want to play hoops. But you're not going to find a 19-year-old kid that we're going to want to watch. I don't buy that. I think no ma- I, I, I don't buy that at all. I think what will happen is, is that guys who have been in the NBA for a few years, few years, feel like, man, I don't make enough money. i got to make more money. And I'm all for you making as much money as you want. I am. I'm all for it. But to pretend that the next 19-year-old kid wouldn't step into the NBA and play for less money than what you get paid would be crazy. Yeah, but nobody's going to... If we took... Okay, let's say there's 15 guys a team. If, if, you took, if you took all NBA teams, all NBA players, and they all just said, you know what? We're boycotting. We're, we're striking. We quit. If you're going to bring in a bunch of 19-year-olds, okay. nobody's going to watch that. Right. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Everybody always goes, well, if all the NBA players got together and just don't want to play the game, what do the owners do? And this is where I will come back to you and tell you, this is why the owners will always, always, always have the upper hand. The owners will go back to the businesses that they created and ran successfully enough to become billionaires that awarded them the ability to be able to buy a team. 
if you guys, if, if the owners all got together, like, because if we're going to, because let's end the speculation, because first of all, not every NBA player is going to come together and not want to play. These things are never going to happen. But it would be worse for you, the player, if the owners got together and said, you know what? Fine. No league. Because the owners are billionaires. They'll just go back to running those businesses and be billionaires where you're just a dude who can hoop. And now you're just in the park with nothing to do. But if if if, if the point we're trying to make here is that you, you you can you can say yes the owners will be gone there would still be somewhere unless you're just talking about well then if the owners leave then sports are done and if that's the point you're trying to make then sure that's but if, the point but I'm if making if the athletes leave sports are done yeah but what I'm saying is is that the owners don't care the way the athletes do. Because the owners have other interests. You're a basketball player. This is all you got, bro. So if you keep doing this and the no salary cap thing, what it will do is, is it will make teams, you won't be able to compete. The reason why the salary cap is installed is so teams like Cleveland can, can play on the level of like the Knicks and, and like the Lakers who spend money. You're all, that's why you, that's why their salary caps is to help build parity, which of course isn't really in sports, but it's to help do that. If you, if you take out the salary cap sooner or later, somebody's going to be like, dude, I can't make my money back in Cleveland with a sports team. Cavs had one of the highest paid or the highest paid salaries in the NBA last year. The Cavs had the biggest payroll in the NBA and the Indians were on the lower half of it. And they both competed for a championship. You find, well, that's sport to sport. That is literally the definition of comparing apples and oranges. And so like, we're not going to do that. And there's only going to be so many guys who are going to be willing to pay the fines of the salary cap that Dan Gilbert did. Not many owners want to do that. No. And of course not. And I mean, that's uh, should, so should all sports be in, in NFL, where it's like you have a hard cap, or NBA, where you have a flexible cap, or MLB, where there is no cap? I think flexible cap's probably the best system. I think flexible cap's probably the best system. You have to have some kind of cap, otherwise teams won't be able to compete. I and I guess that's the that's the risk you run when you decide to buy a pro sports franchise. Okay, well what I'm going to say is what that what what no salary cap will do would be would be it would be forcing what I've said needs to happen to all these leagues all along, which is make the league smaller. What are we doing with this many teams? Then why hasn't MLB con, con, contracted? Why hasn't MLB scaled down on size? I would say I don't know the answer to that, but my but my me being a reasonably intelligent person, I would say that MLB's shown a resistance to change their product, and they're suffering because of it. Like that's that's why they're losing popularity. Those contracts are still going out there, though, so the money's obviously still there. I think it's guys who just want to pay for stuff. I think eventually, dude, you're going to move guys to like Dan Gilbert, who are like, dude, this isn't worth it. And if they're if if it's not worth it to own the teams, then I don't understand. And I I hate this new argument in America now. Well, my boss makes X, and so I should make X. And so what I'll say to the NBA player about that is, fine, your salary generates $23.5 million a year. What we're going to do is we're going to give you $3 million a year, and we're going to keep the other 20 because guys like me don't make as much money as my boss does, and so I want the same system to be the same way. And if you're going to preach to me on Twitter about how the world has to become a better place, then give me $20 million of your $23 million a year so I can fix the world, and you keep three because three is enough to live on. Oh, you don't want to do it that way. Then why does the owner have to do it that way? The owner's holding the cards. You're a millionaire. The owner's a billionaire. There's a reason for that. Because the owner created and cultivated a business. You can just dunk, bro. And dudes are turning 19 who can dunk every single day.
It's an owner-driven league. It should always be an owner-driven league. That's the way it works. Otherwise, Cleveland wouldn't have a team. It's just the way it needs to be. You can't, well, without the players, no. Without the owners throwing the hundreds of millions of dollars on the line to put the team in the town is what did it. You mean to tell me Kevin Durant's what put a team in Oklahoma City? No. It was an owner who put the team in Oklahoma City. That's Dude, it's not about the players. It's about the money. Follow the money. That's who's in charge. And the owners have the money. We'll be right back with more Stansbury Show. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansbury here. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. I read something over the weekend that really depressed the hell out of me. And, you know, I say this about my job a lot, that I love what I do, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But part of what I get paid to do is to spend my afternoon reading every horrible story the internet will show you. And then kind of wading through that and go, what's interesting? What's weird? What's that? And, you know, putting a rundown together. So I read a bunch of stuff that honestly... (laughs) you know, most times has me giving up on humanity. And I think it's what's honestly leads me to being a little bit more jaded than some other people that I know is because of how much like negative information I like have to bring in. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's obviously feel good stories on the internet, but if it bleeds, it leads, man. Right. And that's, that's the way it's always going to be. And there's, you know, there is, there's interesting, it's interesting to see like people at their lowest moments and whether it was self-imposed or this is just, you know, what happened to you, whether it's your your arm getting bit off or, or whatever happened. It's there, there is, there's, there's intrigue in there. A car going the speed limit is routine. A car flipped over on fire is an event. And it's like, wow, what happened? Right. Right. And so that's kind of what comes with this job. So like a lot of times I'll read stuff and I'll just get bummed out. And I read this over the weekend and it kind of bummed me out. And a man has been arrested in Las Vegas, which happens all the time, I would imagine. But like this for something honestly gross. And I don't know, even, and I'm sure mental disability comes into this here. Yeah. But I, but I don't even still, I, I, I can't excuse this. 57-year-old Joseph Martinez had been arrested because a witness who was walking his dog saw Martinez having sexual intercourse with a woman inside of a flower planter box. Okay. And near Charleston and Ranchero and Rancho Drive. I know exactly where that is. The witness said he did not know who the female was or what her condition was until a pastor of a nearby church told him that the woman herself was not alive. Oh, the man had penetrated a dead body. Oh, here I was. I was getting ready to stand up for this guy. I'm like, dude, a homeless people that don't have anywhere to bang, you know, in the middle of the street, whatever, go ahead, do what you want. But Jesus, a dead person. No. Yeah. The pastor then called nine one one after uh, Martinez had told him to call nine one because I think she's dead or gone. So emergency techs show up and they found the woman with nothing on but a T-shirt and a towel covering her privates. He said the woman had been deceased for at least several hours. That's the emergency technician saying that, that she has been dead for at least several hours. Martinez was checked for heat related symptoms in an ambulance and he said his girl had been dead since Friday. He was arrested on Sunday. 
So he even knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. So he knew for sure she was dead in Vegas, where I can tell you over the weekend after speaking with my brother on the phone, it had been 111 degrees in Las Vegas over the weekend. A dead body in 111 degree heat, bro. I, dude, I can't believe we can't smell that from here. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I, I obviously like not knowing somebody was dead was going to be bad. But the fact that this dude knew and she was dead for three days and he just kept banging it out with her. That's awful. He said he met the woman at a university medical center and they had thrown her out because she was on drugs. Shock. He said he he said he I tried to take care of her. And that we had had sexual intercourse while she was still alive. Okay. And that later he added, I tried to give her some orange juice, but it spilled out of her mouth. And then he asked someone to call the police. Now they're doing an autopsy. And uh, the Clark County uh, Coroner's Office will uh, will do that. And we don't know what the, what the results will be. But my guess will be that this will be an OD. And... I just, like I said, I understand that mental illness is probably part of this story, right? As I understand that mental illness leads to a lot of people being homeless. It's probably one of the primary causes of being homeless. I understand that. But even still, man, like there are just some things that are just against human nature. I, I would say, well, like you would think like the cold touch of a dead body would be enough to be like, I'm not doing that. But it was 111 degrees. Yeah, it so honestly, like, it probably wasn't cold to touch. But uh, that's when we start factoring in the smell and you can't get over the smell. And, dude, you know, she's dead. No, dude. You'd like to think that uh, a homeless vagina in the heat, bro, just goes to show you how desperate dudes are. Dude, like, oh my gosh, it's vagina. I'll go for it. It doesn't matter. Dead three days. Who cares? I read this story. And again, the desperation does does kind of play into Ugh. this because, dude, some men are just that desperate. Ugh. You know what I mean? And so I read this story over the weekend where I had been invited to go to a bunch of stuff. And I knew I was like, ah, oh, dude, it's all like that party's going to be all couples. I'm going to show up with a bunch of beer by myself and have to face the reality. And then people are going to ask me, well, who are you dating? What's new? And all that. And so, like, I kind of had a reflective weekend of the fact that, you know what, dude, like, I need to meet a girlfriend, right? I was kind of having that, that moment this weekend where it's like, eh, dude, it's probably time now. It's been a little while. Let's find another one, try to get this worked out. And, I read that and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Honestly, man, as, as much as I was sitting there all weekend going, man, I got to find a partner. I got to find somebody to be with. I got to find this. But the last, I mean, I am into some sick things, right? And I've done plenty of sexual things that honestly in my past I would never do ever again. And some stuff that I can't wait to do again. But I, like, here's the thing. You got to be over the age of 18 and you got to be alive. Like, those are my rules. I got very few rules, but I just don't understand how you could maintain and keep an erection with a dead body. How does that even happen? And then to be caught doing it and to not stop. Well, you cross some bridges in life, and you know what I mean? Like, there, what's, what's the purpose of stopping now? Like, I've, I've, I've reached the point of no return, but it just goes to show you, dude, you'd think that masturbating sad and lonely, but it's not, dude. It's a lot better than banging a dead chick. Okay, for the record on that. Because you all, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, everybody, every, everybody know, everybody knows my rules. Yeah. on the no masturbating on the calendar holiday thing. Right. No, I will tell you, I did not spend yesterday masturbating. Let's just get that out okay. there. But I will say that if I was going to give myself and anyone else the green light 
Fourth of July feels like the holiday to give you the green light. Oh, I, I, I'm going to disagree. If you're going to stand there and, and on no. Christmas be like, well, dude, you're supposed to be spending that with your family. Aren't you supposed to be like having fun and like with people and not just like masturbating by yourself? If you want to play with your bottle rocket on Fourth of July, I'm totally all right with it because it's all about independence. It's all about doing what you want to do. And yeah, it's not necessarily like a, I mean, it's just. Well, I mean, Thanksgiving's just a shove your face full of food holiday, too. I don't know. Fourth of July doesn't come off as, like, family quality time to me. It comes off as, like, let's black out, man. And honestly, cranking on it kind of feels like let's black out. You know what I mean? Like, you can get drunk and do that. I don't necessarily. So if I was going to, I didn't do it. But if I was going to give you the green light on any of the holidays, I feel like Fourth of July, play with your bottle rocket if that's what you feel like doing, you're totally allowed to do that. We'll be right back with more Sands Ray Show. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. I still can't get over the fact that today's Wednesday. It feels like Monday to me. Keep playing your cards that way, dude. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be surprised. Friday rolls around. It'll be the weekend before you know it. Yeah, that will be nice. Honestly. Just a couple of days away from it. Yeah, these three-day work weeks get you stuff. Yeah, they're tough. You know, somebody was talking to me, you know, during the break. Somebody sent me a couple of messages about Joey Chestnut. How he ate 72 hot dogs. Made America proud. He did. He did. He did, he did indeed. He, he did, did make America proud. And actually, I do have uh, I do have the facts on that. And it was 72 hot dogs and buns. Uh-huh. 20,160 calories. 56,160 milligrams of sodium. Oof. Like 1,300 fat grams. Dude, that's a ton. Usually, I saw this yesterday, and obviously the hour leading up to it, they kind of had to fill the minutes with something, but one of the reporters was talking about, like, the average American, their their stomach is like the size of a Nerf football, and if you really push it, you can get your stomach to expand up to about 20% bigger, so, like, not huge, but, like, a bigger, you know, you could stretch okay. it out a little bit there. Obviously, some people can push it further, others can't push it that far, but average, 20% bigger. Um, these guys, by eating that many hot dogs are like tripling the size of their stomach i i, I dude can, like can you imagine like pooping afterwards uh, y- y- you have to go it'd be the next day probably when you Oof. woke up Oof. yeah that would be a rough Oof. rough way to go there it was so ridiculous watching it because as they announced the guys and like i said the announcer was really good i don't like the format why is that i think the format's bs what do you mean i like I think it should be done the way people would eat hot dogs in the backyard. And I think, which, dude, nobody takes a bun and a hot dog, dips it in water, and then shoves it in their mouth like that. I want a real all-American hot dog eating championship that I feel like I would have a shot to win. Because I think, if, because I can, I could be a competitive eater. Like, I could take down most, if you can finish this, it's free. Like, I could eat most of those things, I think. And Really? Oh yeah. Okay. There's, there's a lot more of them. one of them in, in the Hall of Fame city. Oh I'm sure yeah, I, I, dude. I think I could do most of those. Okay. Ninety percent of the time, what stops me from doing those is that there's something in it that I don't like, and it's not that I couldn't eat the amount of it. It's just like, yeah, but I don't like those, or I don't like that. So let's substitute it. I think that's one of the things about competitive eating is it's not about enjoyment. It's not. It's it's about like, can you do titles, this? bitch? That's what it's about. But I think if somebody asked me like, how many hot dogs could you eat? And I don't know this to be true, but I'm going to say that I think buns and dog casually sitting around a backyard 
I could eat 10 hot dogs, if not more. Over the course of three hours? Oh, no, dude. I could eat 10 hot dogs in an hour for sure. Okay. Under. I'll take the under. I'll take a half hour. 10 hot dogs in under an hour. All right. I feel like we have a summertime challenge coming up. I, uh, I, I mean, I had bought the hot dogs because they were on sale for Fourth of July weekend. And I believe me, I had more than a few of them yesterday. They were delicious. Um, just for note, as we talk about food challenges, uh, George's one of uh, one of our favorite restaurants. Indeed, uh, you got the triple gorgeous George burger. Yeah, and there's something in it I don't like. Six burger patties, bacon, onions and mushrooms, egg, kamikaze sauce on an egg bun. Here's the thing: if they would substitute the mushrooms for something else, because I just don't like them. But I would eat that. I could absolutely. I've seen that trade. I've been in there when they brought it out. To it's the pound of fries that's going to kill large, you. Large fries and a large milkshake too. So, but I mean, like Joey Chestnut would squash that, bro. Wouldn't even be a challenge for him. Like they were announcing, like they were announcing as the guys were coming out, like their individual food accomplishments. And like one dude ate like like eighty two eggs in ten minutes, and like one dude ate like five pounds of kale within a minute, and like all these just insane things. But that's the thing is, I don't think it's so much about like, well, are these your favorite foods? It's do you have the capacity to? Because no, no matter what it is, by bite by by like the third or fourth like you know hot dog, by the third or fourth you know burger, you're gonna be sick of whatever it is. Yeah, not, I just you know, don't like mushrooms though. Like if they would substitute it for something else, I would totally do it. Double onions, then I'm sure they wouldn't have a problem. Is with that, that right? I'm I could sure, do I'm that. I'm sure they would. I could absolutely, dude. I ate a large Italo's pizza the other night in under I think it was under 15 minutes okay well, I mean dude I, I went hard I, listen I'm I didn't not, even go to the cupboard to, I, like I didn't even get plates I just opened the box set it on, on the on the table in front of the TV and ate it I'm doubting neither your abilities or your desire to do this I but let's I mean let's let's get let's, get, let's ring the bell baby let's get this done I uh yeah I, I don't know I mean dude I don't know. What if I die? <laughs> I dude, that's that's the risk you take. I mean, when you get into the world of competitive eating, yes, of course, death is an option or possibility there. I um now I can eat less now than I could when I was younger. Even like I, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, it was like ungodly how much food my brother and I. I mean, we've been kicked out of all you can eat restaurants. I um, I, I mean, I can still eat. I can still eat quite a bit of food. I yeah, I think I could do most competitive challenge. I could never okay. eat seventy two hot dogs though. But again, you're not really eating them. Do you water down the bun? That's half of it. Um. Well, it, at that point, you're getting into the uh, the integrity of the hot dog versus like just the mass consumption of it. Because obviously, the water is going to make it easier. But you're filling up your stomach with more at that point. You know what I mean? You're filling it up with with liquid at that point. Yeah. So by making it even a little more challenging. I just there. think the better challenge is to just set them there. And hot dogs on buns and condiments the way you would in a backyard barbecue. That's how you find out who the hot dog king is. Uh, do you feel like infinite time as long as you want to sit there and chow down hot dogs, you can do it? I think, yeah. I think you just put them on plates and the first dude to tap, I'll be like, I cannot eat another goddamn hot dog. And then the guy, last man standing wins. Could I take a 20 minute break? I'm like, all right, dude, I just hate all those hot dogs. Let me take a break here and then I can come back and eat more hot dogs. I mean, I, I think that's why, that's why. No, for a TV show, you'd have to put a limit on it. So how many you could eat within an hour as opposed to 10 minutes? Yeah, make it a ha- yeah, make it an hour long okay. TV show. Okay, but I think hot dogs and condiments is the way you got to do it. I, I think that's uh, the speed of the competitive eating challenges is what makes it really hard. It's not the amount of food you eat. I, I don't think. At least I, I could be wrong. I mean, I've won a couple of these things. I mean, when Hooters was still a thing in the East Bank of the Flats, I won their wing eating championship like five times. Over the course of a day, if we're talking about like 24 hours or even, I guess, the amount of time that you're awake from when you wake up to when you decide to, hey, I'm, I'm calling it quits. You think you could get 72 hot dogs in one day? 24 hours? 
All right, so let me just break that down. Uh, I mean, that's you waking up and eating a hot dog. You know what I'm saying? That's you, even even as you, I mean, I'm talking, you've got from midnight to midnight, 72 hot dogs. I don't think you can do it. I don't think that's, I don't even think you're going to get close. Yeah, I could eat 72 hot dogs in 24 hours. Right. I feel like, I feel like, dude, I know where they sell hot dogs. I know where they sell buns. I can get this done, baby. I think, I think, yes, if, um, if made properly and well, and, uh, I had different condiment combinations at my disposal. Well, but now we're putting a lot of, a lot of these things and butts in there, but all right, even dude, what, ketchup whatever, and ketchup and mustard is too much to ask for a hot dog as eating many condiments, As many condiments as you want. We'll get relish out there. We'll get onion out there, whatever you want. Want to put on those on those frankfurters? We'll get it done. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I think I could do. I think I could eat seventy two hot dogs in a day. I don't even think that's that. Wait a minute. Hold on. I need to think about it. It's that. like two weeks worth of food. We just talked about it, dude. Like we just talked about that. I think I could do it though. You don't think I could do no, that? No, I don't. I don't. Is that right? I do not, dude. And I'm sorry. Like I said, I don't doubt your desire or your your hot dog eating like prowess. I feel like, dude, you're a, a very impressive eater, Dan. But I don't think that 72 hot dogs within the course of a day is doable. Oh, I think it is. I think. Let me see here. Just you're gonna be like 2.5 per hour. We're talking about there. Yeah, it's about three an hour. Then. Right. So. You don't think I could eat three hot dogs nope. in an hour? Nope. I had a buddy. Uh, this is very comparable. I had a buddy who was like, dude, I'm going to drink 100 beers in 72 hours. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound that impressive until you start getting into it and until you start like realizing your body doesn't burn off that quick. Like you're, you're still digesting those hot dogs from four hours ago that you, you it's not your stomach only gets so large. I mean, I will admit that to get 72 and in 24, you're probably going to have to eat on the toilet, which is gross. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, of course you would. I don't want to. I, I, I would not want to have to do that, but I think I could do that. And I mean, if you cut out the eight hours that you sleep, or even if you want to say six hours and you're leaving yourself there with, with 18 hours of being awake, I mean, dude, at that point, you're almost up to four hot dogs an hour. It's going to be tough, dude. One hour, four oh, hot that's dogs. Right. I mean, you're going to sleep. Yeah. One hour, four hot dogs. Sure. That's, that's doable. But dude, if you're doing four hot dogs every single hour, that, dude, that's bad news. Right no, it's there actually you, more. Buddy. You're right. Cause you're going to sleep. Yeah. That's uh, dude. I'm telling you right now, unless you're waking up every hour, sucking down three hot dogs and then going. Going right back to sleep, but dude, that's going to be terrible. You're not going to be able to do that. No, so I don't know, man. I, I listen. I'll go buy a hundred hot dogs right now. Your boy doesn't. Your boy doesn't have much, but if this is what it's going to take, I feel like seventy-two hot dogs would do it, right? All right. I don't know if I could eat seventy-two in twenty-four hours, but I can tell you, I ate five yesterday while watching TV, <laughs> and they were delicious. And I used whatever condiments were at my disposal. Actually, I ran out of ketchup. That's how many hot dogs I had over the weekend. I actually ran out of ketchup. I don't know. I want to try it. I, I want to try it. I mean, we know people at George's. I'm sure we can get the, the mushrooms taken care of there, buddy. I'm sure we can. I've asked this. and they were a little hesitant on it uh, when I asked. But yeah, I mean, I think I think I could do most all you can eat challenges in the city. I think we'll, uh, we'll do some investigating. I'll find now, the best of the best there, buddy. I'm saying that without knowing what any of them are. So for all I know, maybe I can't. But I think I could probably do it. I feel like there's a Facebook live video coming so somewhere very very soon all right yeah we'll track one down and i'll sit my fat ass down and i'll try it and i'll, I'll make it happen we'll be right back with more stands ratio hey. 1069 welcome back to the stands ratio on rock 1069 you missed anything this morning you'll be able to podcast it shortly after 10 a.m at wrqk.com it's also if you head over there you can check out sixty-five thousand people singing bohemian rhapsody people always love those group audience sing-alongs 
people do. I don't. I don't. For me, it's like I don't know why, but I know. I know people like love that stuff. It's all right. People are gonna click on the website. That's all that matters. That's Who cares? Doesn't matter. Just please go visit it while you're at it. Download iHeartRadio while you're there. Yeah, we need. We do need you to do all that, that stuff. I'm reading here something um, that's coming back to schools, and I'm not sure we really need it. All right, and. We know that in school, like they tell you, you like a lot of times you're sitting in school going, I'm never going to need this. And some of the stuff you won't need and some right. of the stuff that you do need. Right. And um, I'm for school reform. I'm for um, the reforming of what we teach and what we don't in schools. I, I, I think we need a new world approach to that. I understand moving slowly towards it versus just, you know, rethinking the wheel tomorrow. I get it. But I do believe that we should be looking at what it is we're teaching and preparing us for the world that will um, be out there versus, nope, this is what we've always done, so we're going to do it this way. I just feel like a a reform is probably needed. Yeah, I mean, what we've always done and the way we've always done it obviously didn't work that well. I mean, I I think that's that's a fair assessment. So uh, obviously people can think different ways of what needs to be reformed or how it needs to be reformed. But we should all somewhat be able to agree that, like, yeah, we we need to rethink how we do this everything changes over time i don't know why the way we educate ourselves wouldn't but they're looking to bring back in southwest louisiana cursive writing back into the classroom and they're doing it and they say um new legislation for the upcoming school year will require public schools including charter schools to introduce cursive writing by third grade and then continue through the 12th grade And uh, some districts across the state moved away from teaching cursive for various reasons, but um, some educators there are happy that it's back and that it will be implemented into schools systems. So you have to continue teaching it from third to 12th grade. So nine years where you're going to have to have a cursive class. That's asinine. That feels excessive to me. That's ridiculous. Um, One of the parents, they sent him to the blackboard to write his name out in cursive and could not do it. Um, well, but if you sent that parent up to the blackboard and asked him to do an algebra Math, problem, right. he was going to go, oh, no. Ask him an average history question in a 10th right. grade book. He's not going to know the answer to that either. Right. And that's kind of my point here is that I feel like this is a waste of time. Um, I'm not sure you need writing the way you once did. I, I'm, I mean, when's the last time you wrote something in cursive? Outside of signature, outside of like, and that's not even cursive, dude. That's just me scribbling. It's, like, I was going to say, dude, we all attempt at cursive for our signature and we're not even close. Not even close. Like you can barely, you can kind of see there's an M in my name and outside of my signature, you really can't Mine's see Mine's like half cursive, half print and like, yeah, it's like. Mine's scribble with kind of a line through it. Dude. Here, yeah. Like I just did mine real fast as I always do. And you can notice, you can recognize that the first letter in my first name is D and the last, the first letter in my last last name is S. Outside of that, you can't read a single thing here. So when is the last time I truly wrote in cursive? I, dude, I couldn't even tell probably you. Probably while in school, right? Right. Probably I honestly you were getting credit you. for it at some point, probably. And I just, I don't understand. I mean, as long as you can write, 
in in print form. And like, I, I feel like you're all right there. And let's be honest, we live in a digital world where you don't even have to type everything anymore. Like your computer remembers it, just right. like the autofill does everything for you. You can talk talk to talk to type or whatever, talk to text there. Yeah. Um. And obviously the 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 argument that people always made of like, well, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Lies. Yeah, I am. Now I don't know if my 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 second grade teacher was able to see down the field that far and know that smartphones were coming, but they're here now. So. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like the biggest waste of time in the world, though. I mean, I think there's probably like maybe in the third grade, you spend three weeks on it and like, hey, here's this letter, that letter. We all kind of learn it, but it's not something that needs to be like a heavily. Uh, there doesn't need to be a lot of priority on it. I feel like they're OK. I, I could give you maybe young students. Once you get to high school. There are way better things we could teach you about to prepare you for the world you're about to embark on than writing in cursive. As 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 you want to in, in, increase the appreciation and maybe the understanding of the written word, I understand like, okay, here's, you know, printing's like kind of the building blocks and then, you know, cursive a little bit more you know, in depth there, but it doesn't have to be something that you, 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 you're spending nine years on, dude, nine years. And in the 12th grade, what are you still doing learning? Cur- what are you, what, what are you going to do in cursive class in the 12th grade? All right. We learned all the letters in the third grade. Yeah. I, I don't know what are we it. doing. I, I think in, I mean, we're starting to, in this country, rethink the way we educate everybody. And it's no longer when we were growing up, being able to hold facts in your head was the bee's knees. That made you smart. If you could remember dates and facts and figures and stuff, made you smart. Nowadays, the answer to everything's in your pocket. It's all about how you problem solve. And I'm not sure that... I just feel like cursive is just... I mean, it's outdated. We're, we're past it. Right. I mean, you know, obviously we could still have, you know, we could still have classes on fixing a Model T, but that's not going to serve anybody well. Like, that's right. that's, that's not going to... Now, it's not to say that there shouldn't be an appreciation. And obviously, if you want to teach your kids and you feel like that, yo, my kid needs to learn cursive, well, then sit down after school and be like, hey, sorry that your teacher doesn't teach you this, but you're sitting down and writing cursive with me and your kid's going to hate you. But it, it, then that's your prerogative to do so to how much how much more valuable is the ability to type well versus cursive exponentially more valuable in middle school i'd be all right with it but by high school i want like we gotta start in my opinion this is just my opinion in high school we have got to start preparing these kids for the world that they're going to be in and so I'm all for alternative education methods. I'm all for more problem solving versus reading assignments when you get home. I don't, I, and I, I, I don't want this to come off as like. Well, well reading is really helpful. Yeah, it certainly is. Reading is um, very helpful. I, I don't want it to come off like, oh, pff, well, kids shouldn't even have to learn Shakespeare because you don't use Shakespeare in your day to day life. But there does need to be a reevaluation of like how much are you truly getting out of this when it comes to your lifelong success, when it comes to your like your ability. Yeah. To prosper, because I'm for a class of appreciating the the classics and the arts and this and that. But dissecting Beowulf isn't going to help you do anything. Like no, it's not going. Like no, first of all, no one's ever going to ask you about it on a job application. No, I mean, so what does it help you do? I think if we spent more time preparing students for like this is how you this is how you apply for jobs. This is how you balance a checkbook. This, although you probably don't even have to do that anymore. anymore. I can't remember the last time I did it. But that same concept, like. Life skill, I think, is lacking in our education system. Life math. Not necessarily this is how you balance a checkbook, but this is how you, you know, this is how you come up with a 
budget. This is how you life math that we all use on a regular basis. This is how you figure out, you know, what, what, point, what rate you're being taxed. So, like, yeah, it's not necessarily about Beowulf. It's about how are you going to take these lessons and transfer them into the real world, and which is where critical thinking and where, like, the ability to to look outside the box and problem solve comes in. The world has, has always been... Honestly, it's it not always been. Let me change this. The world has officially come to the place now where I think having common sense is more important than traditional book smart. Because again, my iPhone gives me all the intelligence that you claim to have had or be able to remember or that your education that the education that you paid for has. My iPhone has that. Common sense is becoming very very important. I think the 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 core the base of the building has to be that common sense if you feel like I can further my education by going deeper into Shakespeare or deeper into algebra or deeper into these different concepts of like where true mastery would have to come into place. Well, then, yeah, you are a person who has that skill set and who has that you need to learn that in life or that desire to learn that in life. But for most people, just just honestly learning the one car goes in, then the next car, then you let another car go in. That's what we need to learn as a society. I am um, I, at the risk of sounding a little Mike Rowish. Here we go. I um these jeans, look at the jeans. But at risk of sounding a little Mike Rowish, I I, I got to tell you, I think more shop type classes are probably a good idea. Those are the jobs people are that, that most people graduating high school are going to go get. Now, when we talk about the concept of shop, I think what you're trying to get at is like the concept of vocational training, yeah. as opposed to like, well, yeah, we're just gonna, you know, uh, we're we're gonna make this basket in shop class, right? You no, know, what vocational I mean? training is is absolutely what I mean there, and I think a little bit of more of that would be a very good idea. I, and again, I think it's just more preparation for the world you're actually going to be in. I don't I, I can't even remember outside and Phantom nailed it. Outside of like attempting to write my signature, I can't remember the last time I had to write anything in cursive ever. Now granted, I have a teenager's job. Right, so the so part of it is that. But what do you, what job what job are you like scribing in cursive and like none? That that's a that's antiquated. That's that's no longer a thing. I mean, maybe twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, fifty years ago, you you had to write more. But dude, there's nothing that uh, write a letter in cursive to our boss. I he, couldn't do he, it. Well, he will wrinkle it up and throw it in your face, no matter what it says, That's no matter fair. what it was. He would stand anything right, on paper. The, right, what are you this doing? This is the dumbest thing you've ever given me. I'm not reading this. Email me, idiot. Right. And That's what he would say. And honestly, if cursive was so damn important, wouldn't there be? I mean, why don't we type that way? Why doesn't the keyboard type it out that way? It's because none of us want it. I I don't understand. I'm all for reform. But you need to do stuff that makes sense, not just make parents from the 1970s go, well, that's the way it used to be. That's what I like. And I feel like that's what's happening here. Uh, something that's happening here, and it's kind of a little heartbreaking. Um, I saw this weekend the first back-to-school commercial. Like, it's already started July 4th. Kids, you better get ready to write in cursive because it's coming around the corner. Yeah, no, what good, though? You know what? Honestly, that way, <laughs> honestly, that way, the Y's empty again. Uh, you know, all this stuff, dude. Uh, movie theaters will be back to normal. I need your kids in school, dude. I'm sure you as a parent are like, yep, send them back to English class. I want them out of my places where I'm at, too. More Stands Right Show right around the corner. Hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for the CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been using CSE since moving down here to Stark County and I... 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 
catfishing is a term that was made popular by MTV. They did like a documentary and then they ended up doing like a weekly TV show. And what it was is people pretend to be somebody that they're not online. You fall in love with them and then surprise, you're an idiot. Monte Teo was like the most famous person who had got catfished while he was uh, playing for Notre Dame there. He played football for Notre Dame. And he had been catfished. And there's a new term along these lines that people are using for something that apparently a lot of us are doing with the online dating that's not quite catfishing, but it's called now kitten fishing. Ah, so not quite a fully developed catfish, it's kitten fish. You, oh, uh, a lot of you are kitten fishing. And that is, of course, a stupid term. Dude, that sounds like you're going to end up on like some sort of a list. Like You're going to have to have something go out to your neighbors and be like, hey, I just moved into the neighborhood. Sorry, I was kitten fishing. Yeah, I feel like PETA's outside like waiting something. for me. Yeah, waiting to something. put me in handcuffs. All right. And basically what kitten fishing is, is lying. And it's small what you think are harmless lies via your online dating profile. Like Much like women have complained for years about a guy saying he's six. Two, and then they get to the date and he's five, eight, right? Everybody kind of like, it's much like a, how, like on a job application, you'll kind of dress it up a little and you're lying and everybody kind of knows you're lying. This has happened with online dating profiles and it's called kitten fishing. And they're saying that this is a waste of your time. And I agree. That seems like a, like a silly thing to do. And obviously establishing yourself as a liar right out of the gate is that like, uh, like an embellishment on your resume, for the most part, they're not going to be like, well, did you really win this award or not? You know what I mean? Right. Like, somebody's going to be able to tell that you're six inches shorter than you said you were. I Right. The whole point is to get into somebody's pants. It's not going to, if your profile is great and they get to the date and you look like a mutant, what makes you think that they're going to be like, well, the Tinder profile was on point though, so I'm going down on them. That's not the way that's going to work. So I don't understand. I understand the desire to put your best foot forward. Yeah. I get that. So making yourself sound more interesting, I guess I would be okay with. But like lying about the facts of like what your body is or how you look or like that kind of stuff, it's just a waste of your time. I know there's some people who will use pictures from like 10 years ago or something like that. And I, like you said, I understand you wanted to use the best picture of you. But if you no longer look like that person, and you know, you do, right? Uh, like you know what you look like. You know that's why you're using that photo exactly that's proof that you do know so i i just don't i don't understand that because you're right it's about sex if it was just like oh my god i really want this person to show up at a public place where i can meet them too and th- that's the end goal then yeah you'd lie about that stuff all the time but you're not going to get laid out of this so what do you what do you i don't understand why people would lie like that if you were if you were exclusively trying to be in an online relationship i guess then maybe i could understand why yeah, you would do what's that? the point of that I don't know, but there's people out there that do stuff like that, so I, I, I guess you could lie about it, but if you're trying to have sex with this person or trying to be in a, in a like serious, long-term, committed relationship, trying to find love, what are you, what are you doing? I've be never honest. had a lot of success with like the online dating apps, like Tinder and POF. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely had sex through them occasionally, right. but I just... I've never really done really well, and I'm thinking that this is partially why. 
of the fact that I don't doctor right. I don't doctor anything up at all. What you see is what you get. Um, I'm, I never know what to write in those things. I, uh, the about me, I never know what to do in any of that. So I like I, I honestly a lot of times what I deal with, and one of the reasons why I deleted Tinder is that I would like swipe what is it right on somebody or whatever, yeah. and women would write back to me and say. I don't think it's cool you're stealing Stansberry's information and building a profile on it because I don't go in depth. So it would look like it was an account that was stolen or whatever or like a fake account, even though it wasn't because I, I don't – what the hell do I say in here? Yeah. Let's go to dinner and I'll tell you anything you want to know. I, 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 I think that there's plenty of people who feel that, that like, well, where, where, where do I go with this? What do I do with this? And maybe lying does feel a little the bit – The pressure of that get just – I don't like it. Um, do you feel like you've ever uh, sent a message or something and you felt like you were being catfished? Not that you, like, turned M- Manti Teo with it and, like, sent her a million dollars, but – Yes. I mean, I I do believe that people have tried to hook me. And so I've always answered everything the same way. And um, I always say, look, the station does plenty of, you know, uh, we're out for the station plenty. Um, If this is something you're interested in doing next time I'm scheduled to be out somewhere, stop and see this. If we hit it off, we'll go out because I am a little bit suspicious of things sometimes. And it's like, eh, this is probably a rival show that wants to see he's an idiot. Look at this. We send a deep picks right out of the gate, which I will not do. Um, I uh, anymore. I'm, I'm friends with this dude on Facebook and I'm fairly confident that he catfished himself. What? And by that, I, I I mean he. How do you even do that? I think he set up a fake profile, and this has happened for like probably two years now. I've kind of been loosely following this on Facebook, and it'll go through like waves of this. But like, I think he set up a fake profile for this like using pictures of this extremely attractive woman, like this Instagram like model, like you right. know, I mean, one of those chicks who is just in the business. She's like a cosplayer. She's like a, um, uh, she she dresses up like Catwoman and the Joker and, and Mario and all those different things and it looks uh, unbelievably attractive doing it, but I think this guy has a fake profile and he sets it up as it's her real profile. Like the chick's name, Vera Bambi, I think it is. And, okay. and, and he sets it up like, oh, this is her real profile for her real name's Amber, and this is her real profile, and she's my real girlfriend. And you losers all jo to her pictures of of her dressed up like Batman. So he created this mm-hmm. is who she is in real life, mm-hmm. and he uses like pictures of her that aren't necessarily like model quality pictures but it's like dude this is not your girlfriend this is not like she's not out there on the road and banging you some dude from flint michigan on 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 the side like that's just not what's happening but he'll he'll go through like three months of like oh my god the love of my life amber you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me and then it'll be like she broke my heart again and blah 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 and the dude just does it so that people will Oh, you're a good guy, and uh, you can't let her treat you like that. And uh, he he's built this fake relationship for him to get attention. And I can't stop watching it, dude. I can't. Like it's oh great. my god. I have that is one of the most desperate, sad, pathetic, sad things I have ever heard. Like, yeah, I mean everything gets. Evolution hits everything, man. So your girlfriend in Canada, you know what I mean? This is the internet's version of, no, I lost my virginity in Canada. You wouldn't know her, man. She goes to a different school, dude. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, sure she does. So I get how kitten fishing would happen. And, you know, I don't know. Have I ever told lies? No, I'm not big into the lying. 
I, 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 I always say that, dude, the more lies you tell, the more I got to remember. And I don't want to have to remember stuff. You know what I mean? I just want to be able to answer things honestly. And I think that's probably, honestly, I think being too honest has been part of my problem in the dating world. Because I'm just like way too open. Like, ah, well, here's this. And I'm just, you know what I mean? So I'm not sure. But like I said, lying about like how good your job is or like where you are in this in your life or whatever is one thing. But telling a woman you're 6'2 and then showing up to Applebee's and you're 5'7, I, I mean, <laughs> obviously it's like, what's the point? And like Fantone said, you're establishing, you're establishing early on that you are a liar. And if you will lie about something small and insignificant, you lie will definitely lie about major issues. And so nobody can trust you. I asked for the audience's help with a um, with a GoFundMe campaign this morning, and I want to uh, touch on it one more time. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansbury here. I always say on the show, one of the things in life that can make you more confident is a new car. There's nothing like new car feeling. It's just one of the best feelings there is. That's the way I have felt since buying my new Honda Accord, and you can too. Right now, the Wacom Auto family is offering you an amazing deal on the 2017 Honda Accord LX. Head up to Wacom Honda, and you'll see there, they're offering you a 36-month lease on the 2017 Honda Accord LX for just $199 per month and zero money down. I'm talking no money out of your pocket and just $199 per month on a 2017 Honda Accord LX. If features are what you're after, the 2017 Honda Accord has them. Whether it be Bluetooth compatibility, a rear view backup camera, 16-inch alloy wheels, chrome door handles, and dual climate controls, the 2017 Honda Accord LX has them all. And Wacom Honda will lease you one right now for just $199 per month and zero money down. You can start your shopping online at Wacom.com or head up to the Wacom Auto Mile on West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. And do what I did on the Honda Accord. You can save the Wacom Way. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. It's where you can podcast today's show if you miss anything from earlier this morning. What did you just say to me? Nothing's impossible because what what happened? Stansberry, don't worry. It's a little Monday motivation on a Wednesday. Oh, here. good. Nothing is impossible. The word itself says... I'm possible. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, dude, who cares? Who cares if you haven't paid your mortgage in three months? Nothing's impossible. It's fine. The bank might just forget about it. It's going to be fine. Jesus. Who cares if your kid's failing out of the fourth grade, dude? This meme says that nothing's impossible. Don't make fun of memes, dude. Oh, stop. Don't make fun of memes. You make fun of memes, dudes get their feelings hurt, and then people attack me online. Don't do it. Can't have that. No, we cannot. No, yes, we can. We'll okay. make fun of memes every last <laughs> chance we get. All right. Nothing's impossible. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm going to keep knocking it. <laughs> I, I want to be like, well, you know, whatever it takes for you to get more, you know what I mean? But whatever. No, I'm knocking it. I, uh, I try not to, I try not to go overboard and asking for the audience's help right. with things. You know what I mean? I feel like most people are grinding out a living. And you've all got your own financial problems. So like asking you to help somebody else out sometimes, um, well, it's going to be straining for anybody, right? And uh, the radio station will get involved in charities and especially around the holidays, everybody, you know, kind of does their part and that's all great. You know what I mean? But for the most part, I kind of try to like leave, you know, people out of stuff because like I think your struggle is probably pretty hard as it is. And so adding somebody else's financial problems to you is really not your responsibility, right? But I got asked to look into 
a local story uh, of a young wrestler named Zion Clark who had graduated high school, went to Washington, and um, then had went to Stark State. And since then, he has been accepted into Otterbein's well, college and wrestling program. And he needs transcripts from Stark State to be sent to Otterbein. And they're, they won't do it because he has an outstanding payment for um, tuition. And when I met with him, I asked him what the dollar amount was, and he told me 1400 And I said to him, I was like, you mean 14000 And he said, no, I mean 1400 And I was like, well, God, if that's what's stopping you from going to college, yeah, man, I'll probably help you. And one of the reasons why is, is that I found him to be an inspiring person, born with a disability, born without legs, and has accomplished more physically in his life than most of us will. He's a wrestler, and he's damn good at it. He's also a wheelchair athlete who was qualifying for the Olympic team and fell short by like a quarter of a second or whatever it was because the chair he's using is 20 years old. And so the rest of these guys racing in these wheelchairs are all carbon fiber and have all this new technology in it, and he's got like full-blown like you know steel from the 70s. Like That's what he's got. And so... We combined the two totals, and a new chair is like thirty five hundred bucks, and the transcripts are like fourteen hundred. So we said, well, we'll just set the the GoFundMe at five thousand dollars, and I feel like that's a reasonable, achievable goal. And I said this earlier this morning that I was hesitant to do this because when I do this now, I'll get inundated with this stuff. People will be sending me these. Well, what about this person? You help this person, and what about this? And yeah, I'm gonna pick and choose the way anybody else would. And this was important to a friend of mine who asked me to go with her to meet him. And it was important to her. And she has done tremendous amounts of things for me in my life. And in reality, without Kelly's help, I probably wouldn't be sitting right here because she was actually, she was very vital in me getting to the job interview and all this other stuff that I don't have time to get into. But Kelly's done a lot for me. And so she was like, hey, I'm going to cash in one of the favors you owe me. Will you go meet with Zion with me? And I said, absolutely. And I met him and he blew me away. And if $1,400 is what's stopping this kid from being able to go wrestle at Otterbein, which is his dream in life is to be a college wrestler, and even though he was born without legs, he's coming damn close to being able to do it, money shouldn't be the thing that stops this guy from reaching it. Yeah, I mean, I, boy, I, you know, I think there's a million people out there that are like, well, if I just had the, the, the resources to be able to get to my dream, but this kid obviously... Um, is the living embodiment of what we were just kind of making fun of. And instead of sharing like, hey, here's a Facebook picture or here's a meme that I can share. I mean, this kid lives that. This kid is that. Like, right. that's where you should get your inspiration from. It's not from like, yo, I saw this. Somebody shared it on Facebook and now I feel motivated for Monday. Know that kids like this are out there climbing over what would be an impossible mountain for me. Like I, I said this when we talked about this kid last week, dude. If if this was the hand I was dealt in life, I dude, screw the world, screw all you. I'm gonna be the most bitter human being on the face of the planet. This kid decides to go out and achieve things that most of us have not. I would. I, I hate to admit this about myself. But if I was born in his predicament, born without legs, I feel as if I would use that as an excuse, like you said, to mm-hmm. be mean and bitter and to not accomplish things versus looking at what I could do, even though 
I have these obstacles to overcome. I probably would use, and I hate to admit that about myself, because honestly, that's a, that's a shortcoming of a human being right there, is that I think I would probably end up leaning on this as an excuse on why I'm not doing something positive with my life. And when I saw the fact that somebody, again, isn't doing that, it did. It kind of got to me. And like I said, I know I come off kind of mean and nasty sometimes, and I'm a little, you know, jaded and all that. But underneath it all, dude, I'm a big old marshmallow dude that just wants people to be happy. And I want to help you when I can. And so we've, uh, I've tweeted out the link. It's at Stansberry Show on Twitter. I've also put it up on the, on the show's Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Stansberry Show. If you feel inclined, please help us uh, out with that. I'd like to see this guy be able to go to Otterbein and wrestle. And that's his, uh, that's his whole dream in life is that's what he would be able to do. And it's like 1400 bucks that stands in his way. And I feel like we could probably make that happen. But aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9, which will be Thursday, not Tuesday. This totally feels like Monday to me. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you.